You're listening to The Gap Podcast with your host, me, Morgan McGill. As we talk God and politics, my prayer is that you're inspired and encouraged to be a part of filling the God-sized gap in the political sphere. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Gap Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan McGill, and today's guest I'm very excited about. She is the epitome of grace. You have gone through, she's gone through so much in the last few years, and to watch as people have slung mud at her for her to literally turn the other cheek. She reminds me of Jesus in that way. Like, you are so graceful, and I am so excited to hear your story and to talk to you today and to inspire other people who might be facing hard times, in especially in the political sphere where people sling mud. Um, she is the owner, co-owner of Highland Illuminate here in Southern California, and her name is June Cutter, and I'm so excited. Hi, Morgan. <laughs> okay, you're making me cry, and we haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> but you really are. You are so, um, you've inspired me so much in the last few years watching you, um, I, I mean, as someone who also ran for office, I know how hard it could be, especially when people on our own side um, attack you. And it's it's kind of just the name of the game, <laughs> the be- the beast of people. Um, it's a, it, people are power hungry, and they'll fight you for the for that spot that they think is theirs, and and not in a uh, fair way. And you have. Seriously, you've been so grace, gracious and graceful. Well, thank you. You know, politics is not an easy space to be in as a believer, as a Christian, but it's so important that we stake our ground in the space mm-hmm. and, you know, be brave and courageous enough to stand up for our values in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not easy, but no. it's worthwhile and must be done. Exactly. So I want to. Uh, you, to give you the floor to introduce yourself to our listeners who might not know who you are and what you, your background, how you got into politics, because it's pretty, it's pretty interesting story, and I love it. I want them. It's to interesting hear. and funny, right? Yeah. Um. So, I grew up in Orange County, child of um, immigrants, first generation Korean American, and. Um, of course, my mother being the original tiger mom, mm-hmm. um, I had two choices to be a lawyer or a doctor. <laughs> and I was squeamish about blood, so I became a lawyer. <laughs> and I was actually the youngest person in my law school class. I graduated law school when I was 23, and I just went on the career path. And I was wow. a litigator for almost 20 years mm-hmm. before I came into the political space. Um, it's... The funny part of the story is that in 2016, just before the Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump election, I had a bunko party at my house. We had moved into a brand new neighborhood. All the moms were getting to know each other. We had take turns um, doing the bunko party, and we had one at our house. um, I think it was like October. And a couple of moms got into a little bit of a kerfuffle at my house over politics. And as um, they were leaving, one of them came up to me and said, I'm so sorry that we um, 
caused a ruckus at your bunko party and she was the one that I was on the conservative side of the argument so I said you never have to apologize for being a conservative in my house and her eyes lit up and she was like really are you a conservative did we just become best friends <laughs> and we actually did become best friends and it turns out she was um one of the um top Republican minds in San Diego County. And she said, hey, why don't you join this group? It's called the California Women's Leadership Association, and we help conservative women run for office. So I joined, and then I became on the board, and then I served on the executive board. And the next thing you know, it became my passion project to help conservative women run for office. And then um, in 20. 18, we had an election, and our local assemblyman um, was running for re-election, and we said, as the California Women's Leadership Association, we said, hey, do you want our help? You probably need the mom vote. Like, we'll help you get out the moms to vote, and we'll help you with the women vote. And he ignored us, Mm. and we were a little miffed about that. And then 42 days after the Republican Party spent millions of dollars to get him reelected, <laughs> he switched parties and became a Democrat. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little upset about it. And I was sitting at the same friend's house and we were talking about how um, that all went down. And we said, oh, we should find a Republican mom to run against him. Where are we going to find one? And she turned to me and she said, well, you're a Republican mom. You oh should run. Gosh. And I really do think it's a God thing because it just came out of my mouth. Yeah, I can run. I'll take him out. (laughs) And that is how I started to run for office um, for the first time. Um, But, you know, just backtracking a little bit, I think every single thing that happens in your life happens for a reason and a purpose that – you don't know, but God knows. Exactly. So I would never have moved into that neighborhood if God hadn't placed me there. Mm-hmm. I was actually in a bidding war on another house, and God struck me down with the flu, and I didn't get the other house. Wow. And so I had to restart our home search, and it ended up me up in this neighborhood with this friend to do this calling. And all the puzzle pieces kind of came into place yeah. because of God. God's awesome that way. I, I mean, even I ran for office before I even knew God. And that's honestly why I'm so passionate about Christians running for office now is because of how it politics nearly destroyed me uh, without having that foundation. But it was a similar situation. Like I look back and it was totally God that uh, that had me run too. It was like a, I, I was 10 days before the filing deadline and I looked and I was like, oh, it's the same three people running against Susan Davis again? Like, (laughs) again? Like, we're going to run the same people over and over again and expect different results? And I I was like, it was 10 days before the filing deadline, and I was like, I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do it. When those unexpected words come out of your mouth without you having pre-planned them, that's God. (laughs) Exactly. And, yeah, it it was a really, really total like god thing how i was able to put together the team and you too like the team the team kind of just fell into place and you like made it past the primaries and it was just like this whole like 
thing and you did so great in that election i just want you to know oh thank you and in this this most recent one too just you are you're an inspiration to me (laughs) i want to be like you when i grow up (laughs) thanks for telling everyone i'm so much older than you Um, (laughs) you're not that much older than me um (laughs) you got the asian genes that's good (laughs) but you know it is um it's hard to run for office and it's hard to run for office and feel good about your choices Mm -hmm. at the end of the day yeah but i think that's something that's so important Mm -hmm. because you have to live with what you've said and what you've done and what you've stood up for so if you don't truly believe it in your heart of hearts, it doesn't sit well with your conscience or your heart mm-hmm. or your faith, then it's going to be really hard to live with those choices mm-hmm. after the election is done, win or lose. Yeah. And um, I think we need more people who um, are faith-based yeah, and who absolutely. are doing it for the right reasons absolutely um, not for self-serving reasons or power or greed or you know the drive to have some kind of like fame or notoriety all of those self-serving desires um, lead us into a place where we have leaders who are not looking out for the people they're trying to serve exactly I, I still remember it's funny that you say that I still remember there are things that I said when I was running for office and even before that when I was just a political commentator that I didn't necessarily believe but I just was echoing a lot of the things other people were saying because I thought I was supposed to and I because I didn't have a foundation like a rock to stand on I didn't have like unwavering values to stand on and I, I look back and I cringe when I hear some of the things that I said or I, I read some of the interviews. I'm like, oof, Morgan, why'd you say that? And and it's um, it's tough. And that's why I'm so passionate now about, like I said, about Christians getting in, involved in people who have that solid value system that run for office to run for office, because we see it all the time in politics. People like like your opponent, we'll say his name, Brian, <laughs> like Brian, who um, who will waver, like we see it like with Nathan Fletcher, he used to be a Republican, then he was a Democrat. Like we see it all the time in politics where people who don't have that solid value system will just flip flop, they'll go with the tide. And, and that is just, that's frustrating, honestly, but it, it's... Um, it's because they don't have any like that value system to stand on. And I wanted to ask you as someone who you, you were strong in your faith when you ran, were there times that you felt like you were being pressured to do or say something that didn't align with your values? And how did you respond to that? Well, I definitely think that my faith is so much stronger now than it was when I started running for office. And the pressure of people constantly criticizing you and, um, you know, saying negative things against you and always coming after you, mm-hmm. um, it's either going to break you or make you stronger. Mm-hmm. And for me, it definitely made me stronger in my faith. So I thank God for putting me in the political arena to strengthen 
test and strengthen my faith and bring me to where I am today. But when I ran for office, I was, you know, I was raised Catholic my whole entire life. um, And I had um, become a believer recently. And I ran for office with the foundation of my Christian faith. Mm. But it was constantly tested and strengthened throughout the process of running for office. So um, if you want me to tell you my testimony of how I became a believer. Absolutely. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Um, I, like I said, I was raised Catholic yeah. um, and always had kind of that religious foundation in my life. I went to an all-girls Catholic school. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, much in common. I know. <laughs> um, but I never had a relationship with God or, you know, a true kind of personal belief and faith in Jesus Christ because it was just, you know, your parents sent you to church on Sundays Mm -hmm. and they sent you to the Catholic school and Mm -hmm. you did what you were told and you thought that meant that you followed the rules so you were a good person and that was kind of it, right? And And you're going to have (laughs) (laughs) But um, I was a new mom. I had a three-year-old and a baby my husband was in the military he was going to pursue his master's degree so he was working his military job during the week and then doing his graduate studies on the weekend Mm -hmm. and I was working full-time as an attorney I had two small kids and I just said I have no joy in my life Mm -hmm. Uh, my daughter was going to Horizon Christian Preschool in Rancho Santa Fe and there's a church obviously attached to that and um I was dropping my daughter off at preschool one day and I was like there's no joy there's church on Sunday they have child care I think I'm just gonna check it out mm-hmm. and I walked into the sanctuary for the very first time and Pastor Bob Botsford's message was how to find your joy and I just knew yeah. I just knew that was God calling me to be there and that's where it all kind of started and I think that I probably wasn't as strong in my faith when I jumped into the political sphere as I am today. But I think that's the reason why God put me there. Yeah, to like iron sharpening iron, like the, <laughs> that being in the fire, purified in the fire. Yeah. So well, and then when I was running for office in the 2020 cycle, um, I met Senator Shannon Grove. Um, from Bakersfield and strong, faithful Christian leader. And she was a mentor to me and inspired me so much. Mm. Um, She got Tim Scott to throw a fundraiser for me when he was in San Diego for a prayer breakfast. Um, And then she introduced me to so many Christian leaders throughout the state who helped me just amplify my message and strengthen my message and Mm. all for the right reasons and kind of validate the fact that I didn't have to do what the world was telling me to do. I had to do what God was telling me to do. Friends, in over 15 years in the political sphere, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen amazing men and women forego running for office because they have no idea where to start. And on the other side of that, I can't tell you how many times I have seen amazing candidates fumble the ball so hard because they have no idea what they're doing when they decide to run for office. That is why I founded Revival Consulting. 
The heart of this company is to help God-fearing men and women get elected to local, state, and federal office because we see a country where the men and women in positions of political power and influence know and love God. If that's you, if you're considering running for office but you have no idea where to start or you need help, go to itsrevival.com and fill out our consultation form because we want to help you. We need your voice now more than ever. If you have seen anything that's going on in the world today, you know that you were put on this planet for such a time as this, and we need you. So please don't hesitate. Go to itsrevival.com and fill out our consultation form today. That's so tough in politics too, and I'm proud of you for doing that. (laughs) And yeah, so I'm just like, in awe of everything that God has done for you and through you in the in these last few years and it's just God is so good God is good and if you're faithful and if you have a true mindset of serving your neighbors Mm -hmm. I think God will bless you and help you yeah in your journey to be of service to other people yeah and I think it's inspiring too for other people to hear like it just because the world says that you have to do something or say something or be something um like we are not of this world (laughs) right we we um we respond to the most high like we don't we don't have to do what the world says we are and we don't have to be defined by what the world says we are either so that's beautiful I do want to ask you something else too. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> right, because now you're not running for office anymore. Um, well, at the moment, we'll, we'll see. Maybe <laughs> in the future, but you've been so influential in helping other people run for office, and and in something that's actually, I think, as a candidate, the hardest thing to do is to raise money. Um, it's and especially like it's just, it's hard asking for money it's hard um like it's 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 hard getting people to want to buy into you because people are like well I don't get a tax right now for that <laughs> like it's it's like it's all of it's just it's probably it's the most important part of running for office because you can't do anything unless you have money and yeah it's like the most difficult thing and you do it so well and I just want to know how you got into that specifically from being a lawyer to running for office and now being one of the best fundraisers and most sought after fundraisers in Southern California. Well, that's quite a compliment, Morgan. You are. <laughs> but, you know, after 2020, November 2020, I lost my election to Brian Mainshine and then I had just kind of taken my law practice part-time at that point um, and had to examine, well, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And several people approached me because, I guess backtracking, during the 2020 election, my friend and fundraiser got offered an opportunity in Washington, D.C., which she took. And... She has done incredible and amazing things, and God has worked miracles in her life as well. But um, I was left without someone um, to really help me raise money. And at first, I panicked, and I was like, what am I going to do? 
um, she was the best fundraiser in San Diego. Yeah. How am I possibly going to do this without her? Um, but I was left without a choice. So I rolled up my sleeves and I basically said, I'm going to take everything that I learned from watching her and do it myself. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when November came around, I had raised more money than anyone had ever imagined somebody running in that seat would raise. And people took notice. So when I was sitting there reflecting on what I should do, um, people came up to me and said, would you consider raising money professionally? Mm -hmm. And... I was like, really? <laughs> well, I guess so. I mean, I'm pretty good at it. it proof is in the pudding. Um, it's something that people don't want to do, yeah. like you said. It seems daunting and it seems hard. And most political candidates would say that it is the thing that they like the least about running mm-hmm. or hate the most about uh, running. Yeah, I mean, um, same. <laughs> but it's the thing that I love the most. Because I get to connect people with candidates and causes that are fighting for what they believe in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think of it as just asking for money. I think of it as asking people to partner with a candidate or a cause or to invest in a candidate or a cause that will do something good for the world that they want to see done. So I think what sets me and my partner Dina apart from other people in our profession is that we don't really think about it as money we think about it as fuel for doing good Mm. and we'll never ask somebody to give to a candidate or cause we wouldn't give to ourselves wow that's beautiful i love that and and it's actually there's actually a lot of um negative things that people say about fundraisers oh you don't say it's just wild to me because everyone everyone needs them, especially if they're running for office. So how do you navigate that? Like people saying that, you know, what you do is like uh, gross. I don't know. Because <laughs> what you do is actually very important. Well, I moved from one hated profession to another. Oh, so so attorney to fundraiser. Um So I guess I'm used to being criticized for what I do for a living. But, you know, as with anything, I think the people who criticize you and say hateful things towards you without really knowing what you do or why you do it, the only choice is to ignore it. To ignore the noises of the world and focus on why you're doing it Mm -hmm. and look inside your heart to see what whether your purpose is pure or not. And I honestly think that um, I do what I do because I want to help good people with good hearts and good intentions Mm -hmm. um, seek public office. I love that. And if you're not going to be a servant leader, if you're not going to be someone who sticks to your morals and values, like obviously it would be difficult for me to ask somebody to support you. Right. And, you know, it's – The same standards I would use personally that I use professionally. So as long as I know I'm doing the right thing and I'm helping the right people and I'm using good means to do it, what other people have to say about it doesn't matter. Yeah. And have you ever had to tell a client, no, like I'm not going to – or basically 
have you ever had to fire someone like say like I can't support you anymore like I can't help you anymore or have you ever had to say yeah no I'm not gonna help you (laughs) you know I've been really lucky in that I've had good people to work with yeah and people that I believe in who trust me and my business partner to help them and um our card has always our dance card has always been full um, so when it really <laughs> so when um, other people come along, um, it's more about saying that we don't have the bandwidth to help people. Um, Got it. And I do think that people gravitate towards like-minded or That's true like-hearted people. I don't think anyone who um, doesn't believe in my philosophy would seek me out. That's true. Good point. Good point. Um, I actually remember you telling me once, and I really want you to repeat it for the world to hear, um, how you named your company, (laughs) because it's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's actually a joint venture. So it's Highland Political and Illuminate Marketing, and we came together, and um, I am Highland Political, Dina is Illuminate Marketing, and we came together to become Highland Illuminate as Mm -hmm. a joint venture. But before that, um, I had to pick a name for my personal company, and I was racking my brain, and I was listening to a Hillsong song, (laughs) and God is with you um, in the highlands and the valleys all the same, and to strive for um, success, I felt like Highland. That's amazing. And um, it's... Am I the only political fundraiser out there who named their company after a Christian song? I don't know. (laughs) I might be. You might be. (laughs) You might be. But, I mean, I think it's inspiring, too, for people to hear, like, there are Christians in these spaces. And um, and my heart with this podcast is to inspire people listening to – see bits of themselves and other people and say oh if they can do it I can do it and I mean there are people who might not be like a political candidate that they don't want to run for office then but they are really great at fundraising maybe they can do that and help people maybe there's people who um aren't great at fundraising but really like have the personality to run for office and and are listening and they can do that and and so my heart with this is that people will see bits and pieces of themselves and be like oh wow I can do that too and I wanted to ask you if there's anything that you would like to say to people listening to encourage them um who might be doubting if they can step into the political sphere or if they should because I personally think every single person who cares, every single Christian, should be involved in some way or another, whether that's volunteering or donating or running any type of I, – I, I personally <laughs> feel like there's, a, there's room at the table for everyone in this sphere. I agree. Well, you know um... – when we talk about the church, we say the church is a body and the body has many parts mm-hmm. and all those parts come together to work together and that is the church. Mm-hmm. Well, the church 
is not a building, right? We're supposed right. to like go out into the world. Exactly. So let's talk about the political sphere as a body and the Christian political sphere as a body. Mm-hmm. We all have different parts to play in it. Some mm-hmm. of us are candidates. Some of us are donors. Some of us are volunteers. Some of us are great at um, handwriting envelopes. Some mm-hmm. of us are really great at making phone calls. Some of us are great at knocking on doors. Like everybody has a part to play, just mm-hmm. like you said. And if you are a Christian and you are living in this great nation and you want to preserve the American way of life mm-hmm. for yourself, your kids, your grandkids, future generations, and you want to protect that freedom of religion, you want to protect the ability to have parental choice in how you raise your kids. If those things are important to you, you can't just stand idly by. You have to join in the fight to preserve your values. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It might mean that you pick five candidates that are running for office and you give them each five dollars a month 25 bucks that might be your role to play um it might be that you are there to just volunteer at events drop off yard signs um or send words of encouragement however big or small Mm -hmm. you're able to participate in the process participation is the key and the most important thing obviously is to vote because there's so much data out there that says if 10 more people from every single church just voted the results of every election would lean more conservative and would be completely different wow so maybe you already vote and um, you go to church and it's election season, can you encourage 10 people to vote who wouldn't have voted otherwise? That could change the world. That's amazing. Wow. No, I'm inspired to go tell 10. <laughs> I mean, I tell everybody to vote, but I would just tell 10 people to vote. Oh. Um, at my church, we recently started um, encouraging people to vote and we started a civics ministry. Yeah. And I think yeah. that... Um, I've noticed so many more people who want to be engaged, Mm -hmm. who want to have an outlet and maybe find um, that group at your church and build it up. Yeah. Um, Help people um, register to vote, turn in their ballots, um, become more educated about what's going on in the Mm -hmm. world. And every little bit makes a difference every word of encouragement can have such a ripple effect that you don't even know until many years and cycles down the line um, what your actions have done to Mm -hmm. change the political sphere totally agree well thank you june for being with me today um i'm so excited for what you have coming up like everything that you have done and are continuing to do and I know that this isn't the only interview I'm gonna have with you there's totally gonna be more because of how impactful you've been in San Diego County and will continue to be so thank you for being my guest today thank you for inviting me anything for you Morgan oh I love you love you too (laughs) thanks for listening to today's episode If you liked what you heard, don't forget to share it and make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode. Now go out in the world and make disciples. We'll catch you in the next one.